This is day 39 of our Bible reading. We will be going through the book of Joshua, chapters 4 through 8. Lord, Heavenly Father, please bless this time. Please allow all the distractions around us to dissipate and to allow us to focus completely on you at this time. Nothing else matters in this world more than spending time with you in your word and growing in holiness. Please instruct us today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, saying, Take up for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, and carry them over with you, and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God, into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Thus the sons of Israel did as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, just as the Lord spoke to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. And they carried them over with them to the lodging place, and put them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan, at the place where the feet of the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. For the priests who carried the Ark were standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. And the people hurried and crossed. And when all the people had finished crossing, the Ark of the Lord and the priests crossed before the people. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over in battle array before the sons of Israel, just as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 equipped for war crossed for battle before the Lord to the desert plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, so that they revered him, just as they had revered Moses all the days of his life. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests who carry the ark of the testimony that they come up from the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, saying, Come up from the Jordan. It came about when the priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come up from the middle of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up to the dry ground, that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and went over all its banks as before. 
Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth of the first month and camped at Gilgal on the eastern edge of Jericho. Those twelve stones which they had taken from the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. He said to the sons of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall inform your children, saying, Israel crossed this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Now it came about when all the kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan to the west, and all the kings of the Canaanites, who were by the sea, heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before the sons of Israel until they had crossed, that their hearts melted, and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the sons of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make for yourselves flint knives, and circumcise again the sons of Israel the second time. So Joshua made himself flint knives, and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth. This is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, died in the wilderness along the way after they came out of Egypt. For all the people who came out were circumcised, but all the people who were born in the wilderness along the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the sons of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness until all the nation, that is, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not listen to the voice of the Lord, to whom the Lord had sworn that he would not let them see the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Their children, whom he raised up in their place, Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them along the way. Now when they had finished circumcising all the nation, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the sons of Israel camped at Gilgal, they observed the Passover on the evening of the fourteenth day of the month on the desert plains of Jericho. On the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land unleavened cakes, and parched grain. The manna ceased on the day after they had eaten some of the produce of the land, so that the sons of Israel no longer had manna. But they ate some of the yield of the land of Canaan during that year. Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us 
or for our adversaries? He said, No, rather I indeed come now as captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went out, and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, with its king and its valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up every man straight ahead. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. Then he said to the people, Go forward and march around the city, and let the armed men go on before the Ark of the Lord. And it was so, that when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward and blew the trumpets, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the Ark, while they continued to blow the trumpets. But Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you, shout. Then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord taken around the city, circling it once. Then they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Now Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually, and blew the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while they continued to blow the trumpets. Thus, the second day they marched around the city once, and returned to the camp. They did so for six days. Then on the seventh day they rose early at the dawning of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. Only on that day they marched around the city seven times. At the seventh time, when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot 
and all who are with her in her house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban, so that you do not covet them, and take some of the things under the ban, and make the camp of Israel accursed, and bring trouble on it. But all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted, and priests blew the trumpets. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight ahead, and they took the city. They utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and donkey, with the edge of the sword. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the harlot's house, and bring the woman and all that she has out of here, as you have sworn to her. So the young men who were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father, and her mother, and her brothers, and all that she had. They also brought out all her relatives, and placed them outside the camp of Israel. They burned the city with fire, and all that was in it. Only the silver and gold, and articles of bronze and iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. However, Rahab the harlot, and her father's household, and all she had, Joshua spared, and she has lived in the midst of Israel to this day, for she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Then Joshua made them take an oath at that time, saying, Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds this city Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundation, and with the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. So the men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up. Only about two or three thousand men need to go up to Ai. Do not make all the people toil up there, for they are few. So about three thousand men from the people went up there, but they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about thirty-six of their men, and pursued them from the gate as far as Shebarim, and struck them down on the descent, as the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening, both he and the elders of Israel, 
and they put dust on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring this people over the Jordan, only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say, since Israel has turned their back before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, and they will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, Rise up! Why is it that you have fallen on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they have even taken some of the things under the ban, and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turned their backs before their enemies, for they have become accursed. I will not be with you any more, unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, for thus the Lord, the God of Israel, has said, There are things under the ban in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban from your midst. In the morning, then you shall come near by your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes by lot shall come near by families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come near by households, and the household which the Lord takes shall come near man by man. And it shall be that the one who is taken with the things under the ban shall be burned with fire, he and all that belongs to him, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has committed a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua arose early in the morning, and brought Israel near by tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the family of Judah near, and he took the family of the Zerahites. And he brought the family of the Zerahites near man by man, and Zabdi was taken. He brought his household near man by man, and Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, I implore you, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give praise to him, and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. So Achan answered Joshua and said, Truly, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a bar of gold, fifty shekels in weight, then I coveted them, and took them. And behold, they are concealed in the earth, inside my tent, with the silver underneath it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent. And behold, it was concealed in his tent with the silver underneath it. 
they took them from inside the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the sons of Israel, and they poured them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah, the silver, the mantle, the bar of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that belonged to him, and they brought them up to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. And all Israel stoned them with stones, and they burned them with fire after they stoned them with stones. They raised over him a great heap of stones that stands to this day. And the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear or be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you and arise. Go up to Ai. See, I have given them into your hand. The king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to Ai and its king just as you did to Jericho and its king. You shall take only its spoil and its cattle as plunder for yourselves. Set an ambush for the city behind it. So Joshua rose with all the people of war to go up to Ai. And Joshua chose thirty thousand men, valiant warriors, and sent them out at night. He commanded them, saying, See, you are going to ambush the city from behind it. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you be ready. Then I and all the people who are with me will approach the city. And when they come out to meet us, as at the first, we will flee before them. They will come out after us until we have drawn them away from the city. For they will say, They are fleeing before us as with the first. So we will flee before them. And you shall arise from your ambush and take possession of the city. For the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. Then it will be when you have seized the city that you shall set the city on fire. You shall do it according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded you. So Joshua sent them away, and they went to the place of ambush and remained between Bethel and Ai, on the west side of Ai. But Joshua spent that night among the people. Now Joshua rose early in the morning and mustered the people, and he went up with the elders of Israel before the people to Ai. Then all the people of war who were with him went up and drew near and arrived in front of the city, and camped on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between him and Ai, and he took about five thousand men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai, on the west side of the city. So they stationed the people, all the army that was on the north side of the city, and its rear guard on the west side of the city, and Joshua spent that night in the midst of the valley. It came about when the king of Ai saw it, that the men of the city hurried and rose up early 
and went out to meet Israel in battle, he and all his people at the appointed place before the desert plain. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. Joshua and all Israel pretended to be beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. And all the people who were in the city were called together to pursue them. And they pursued Joshua and were drawn away from the city. So not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who had not gone out after Israel. And they left the city unguarded and pursued Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand toward Ai, for I will give it into your hand. So Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. The men in ambush rose quickly from their place, and when they had stretched out his hand, they ran and entered the city and captured it, and they quickly set the city on fire. When the men of Ai turned back and looked, behold, the smoke of the city ascended to the sky, and they had no place to flee this way or that, for the people who had been fleeing to the wilderness turned against the pursuers. When Joshua and all Israel saw that the men in ambush had captured the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, they turned back and slew the men of Ai. The others came out from the city to encounter them, so that they were trapped in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side, and they slew them until no one was left of those who survived or escaped. But they took alive the king of Ai and brought him to Joshua. Now when Israel had finished killing all the inhabitants of Ai in the field in the wilderness, where they pursued them, and all of them were fallen by the edge of the sword until they were destroyed, then all Israel returned to Ai and struck it with the edge of the sword. All who fell that day, both men and women, were twelve thousand, all the people of Ai. For Joshua did not withdraw his hand with which he stretched out the javelin until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Israel took only the cattle and the spoil of that city as plunder for themselves, according to the word of the Lord which he had commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, a desolation until this day. He hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening, and at sunset Joshua gave command, and they took his body down from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the city gate, and raised over it a great heap of stones that stands to this day. Then Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, in Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the sons of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones, on which no man had wielded an iron tool, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, and sacrificed peace offerings. He wrote there on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, 
which he had written in the presence of the sons of Israel. All Israel with their elders and officers and their judges were standing on both sides of the ark before the Levitical priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as the native. Half of them stood in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given command at first to bless the people of Israel. Then afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read, before all the assembly of Israel, with the women and the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. Okay, so we have just a few things to discuss here. So we have the arrival of the people at Gilgal, where they ended up after crossing the Jordan. And there they set up a memorial. And I like this because, again, these stories in the Bible were written not only because they're historical, but these specific events were written for our instruction, as Paul says in the New Testament. Now, because it's meant for to teach future generations, right? And Israel was no exception to this. And that's why this memorial was established, where they would make a pile of stones, one from every tribe, and there was going to be a sign so that your children would ask later, like it says in verse 6, what do these stones mean to you? And then we will tell them exactly why they're there. There should be those landmarks in our life where we can notate where the Lord was active and where the Lord delivered us, and where the Lord rescued us, and where the Lord blessed us. So in a very spiritual sense, we should do exactly what these people did and set up landmarks in our lives so that we can teach others and our children the glory of the Lord and all the wonderful things he's done in our lives. The place is called Gilgal, which is in Hebrew literally the rolling, because it mentions here that the wrath of the Lord has rolled away. Near the end of chapter 5, he says this in verse 9, the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And what does he mean by that? He's talking about the taunts that Egyptians may have been giving, as well as the reputation of Israelites. Remember all the things that Moses was talking to the Lord about when the Lord got angry? Like, well, we don't want the Egyptians to think that you have failed, Lord. We want you to be successful, and you are God. You will always be successful. So don't let these Egyptians have any ground to stand on to mock you. And with them crossing into the promised land, the Lord fulfilled exactly what he said he was going to do. So that's why it's called Gilgal, the rolling. It rolled away the reproach of Egypt. And how did he do that? Be they did it through 
the circumcision. So apparently, none of the kids that were born in the desert were circumcised before they entered into the promised land and were going to be God's covenant people. They had to be made separate. They had to have the distinguishing mark of God's people. And at this time, it was the circumcision. So they all got circumcised. Then they proceeded from there. And then you have a very interesting paragraph near the end of chapter 5, where it talks about a man that Joshua encounters. And it says he lifted up his eyes. Very interesting where he's lifting up his eyes to this person. And this person has a sword in his hand. And he's facing Joshua. And, of course, you can imagine Joshua's freaking out a little bit. And he's like, wait a minute. Are you for us or are you against us? And he's like, no. I indeed come now as captain of the host of the Lord. So this is a captain of the army of angels of God. And this is not just any normal captain, like a an angel captain. This is what most scholars believe to be another Christophany. Don't we sing songs about that in church today? Our God of angel armies will be by our side. Right? This is him. This is our Lord, Jesus Christ. He is the commander of angel armies. He is the captain. And when do we see him take up this office again? In the book of Revelation, right? When he returns, he's on the white horse, leading the entire host of heaven. And Joshua is seeing a taste of it now. That is why we know from biblical context as well that at no point do people worship and bow down to angels. So that's why this is not an angel. But not only that, but also in the Bible, anytime they try to, they say, don't do that. I am a servant of the Lord, just like you. Worship God. So this is not an angel. This is the Lord Christ. So then we know the famous story of Jericho, where they march around it, you know, for seven days, and then they blow the horns, they all scream, and the walls come down. And they completely destroy it. Again, that term you're going to see often in the book of Joshua, under the ban. Again, that's that idea that nothing is allowed to survive. Men, women, children, animals, everything are to be slaughtered with the exception of a few things that you can take as plunder. But he even tells you right here why the ban is there, so that you don't covet, so that you do not be led astray by your lusts. And so everyone was wiped out except for faithful Rahab and her family. Her actions saved her family's life. And what is the most interesting thing of all is that our Lord Jesus and his human ancestry descends from Rahab. Can you believe that? That even a prostitute made clean in the sight of the Lord is related to our Savior. 
Don't you see? There is no human distinction that is a cause of royalty. Anybody can be made clean. Anybody can be exalted into a high office. Anybody can be made king. Anybody. And the Lord can use anybody. Think of who his disciples were. His disciples were a bunch of normal guys that were doing your common trades. They weren't elite Pharisees. They weren't the most intelligent men of Israel. They were your common folk. Fishermen, tax collectors, the ones that were reviled as traitors, became disciples. God can use anyone. And he always does it in such a way where all human beings can know that this is not an act of man, this is an act of God. He always does it like that. So Jericho is a shining example of that, that there's no way mankind could have done that. So imagine this. The whole city of Jericho falls flat, right? But what does it also say about Rahab's house? Rahab's house is part of the wall. So how is it the whole wall went flat, but her house stood, and yet it was part of the wall too? Imagine all the walls of the city falling down, except for that one house. God is faithful. And then we come to the defeat and then the victory of I. They lost at first because they did not follow God's command. One man corrupted the entire nation. So if you don't think you're important, one man can make a difference, can make or break a nation. And not only that, but God is making it very clear to these people, yet again, that there is no negotiating my command. If I say under the ban, even though there's almost two million of you, I mean it. No one is exempt. So do not covet these things, or your heart will be lost. And somebody did. So through the lot process, they found out who it was. The man came clean. He took responsibility and admitted he sinned. And you think, oh, okay, well, we forgive you. We don't really know. As the head of his household, as the leader, everything that was associated with him was considered unclean and defiled. And so everything had to be destroyed and everyone who was related to him, had to be killed. Very severe punishment, but God satisfied his justice. He was very clear what his expectations were, and somebody decided to mess around and play games. And that was what they got. And again, for the greater whole, this put the fear of God in these people. God gave them a strategy, and they were highly successful in their strategy. And they were able to conquer the entire city of Ai, all its people. They all fell under the ban, and you don't see anybody breaking that rule. And it was a success. And then you see them go to the mountaintops and do exactly what Moses told them to do. So, a couple of hiccups in the plan, but God's plans cannot be thwarted. 
they were interrupted. They were delayed a bit, but God will achieve what he wants when he wants it. Don't ever forget that. And that's all I have for today. I'm Ryan. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.